Show. I'm very excited. My guest today has uh, such a breadth of knowledge about so many things because he co-writes a lot of books with a lot of people that you follow and I follow, and he gets an inside look at really a, a bigger picture of what's going on on a, on a macro level uh, beyond most people. And I'm excited to welcome back Kent Heckin Lively. How you doing, sir? I'm doing great, Mel. Oh, well, it's exciting. It's always exciting to have you. And I hope people, uh, they know your name because you've co-written a lot of books, including uh, two books that are out right now that I highly recommend. Um, Alex Jones' follow-up to the original Great Awakening book, and also a great book on the diversity myth, uh, The Great Awakening, which we just got and, uh, and I'm in the middle of. And then The Diversity Con is a very, very important book. So uh, this man has his uh, his inside uh, look at a lot of the different things that are causing the collapse, the controlled demolition of America, as I call it, and also a lot of solutions as to, you know, how we can uh, stave that off. He works with people that are very solution oriented, but also fearless in telling people the truth. So let's start with you. Where where we just got through the holidays? Uh, how are you feeling about uh, on in general about what is going on in this country and and narrative and the, all of that. You know, I, I'm just delighted by what's going on in the news. Uh, so yesterday there was just this wonderful article in CNN of all places um, about how the University of Wisconsin came up with this really strange plan. I don't know if it's going to work, but hear me out. So what they're going to do is they're going to take $800 million that they had earmarked for DEI programs. And instead, they're going to give it for teacher raises and building a new building. I think that this is a plan that the Republicans should implement to get the teachers completely on their side. Because I don't think there's any teacher in America who would say, don't give me a raise. Right. Okay? And, and, And I think the majority of the teachers hate the DEI staff. Um, We can't really say it. Um, You know, hopefully we're at an institution which doesn't go too crazy with it. But, you know, in education, as soon as something gets controversial, you can expect the administrators to drop it like a hot potato. So I am just loving how things are getting revealed. I mean, when we had the Ivy League uh, presidents go in front of Congress and they, they they couldn't even say that genocide was bad unless you had the proper context. I yeah. mean, this is just wonderful. And I, I think the thing that I'm always interested in doing is I'm always interested in understanding the narrative and then figuring out Hey, do the facts support the narrative? Right. Because I think that that is something that always has to be in balance because the narrative of DEI sounds really nice, but when you try to put it into practice, it's it's a recipe for catastrophe. Yeah, and uh and the diversity con is is an important book because there's a lot of people out there, I think, that are are starting to realize that. But once you do realize that it it is actually a manipulation and it's not what what it sounds like, just like the I talk a lot about the agenda 2030, 17 sustainable development goals, they sound great. But when you dig yeah. into them and question, well, who's who's running this and how is this going to happen? It's the same thing, because what we have also watched is this diversity, equity, inclusion um, situation has really, um, in my opinion, there has been a lot of people hired as diversity, equity, inclusion, HR people, admissions people, all these people. And when I was going through college, I was thinking, what are all these people with these useless degrees and like, you know, women's studies or, or you know, um, African-American literature pre-World War II. And, and they would get degrees in that at, at NYU. I think they were giving out degrees and you could make up your own your own uh, thing. And then I find that a lot of these people then went into and now they're running these diversity, equity, inclusion um, 
basically offices that are equal to HR departments in, uh, in not only in corporations all over the country, but in universities all over the country. So what about that model? How, how is, is that causing like a collapse in competence and in, in, you know, even ingenuity and creativity? I mean, it can't, it's gotta be the opposite effect. You know, there was this great book many years ago called The Forest People. And it, it was about looking at pygmies and, and their social structure and everything. And the anthropologist who was there was always questioning them, like, how do you know what is true? And their response was, well, the jungle tells us. So it, it's kind of like the same thing. The important thing in life is to be useful. Okay. So if these programs created value, you would expect to see them sustain themselves. Right. But they don't bring any value. Um, and, and what I would argue is that traditional literature, and I'm an arts and literature guy. I mean, this is my beat. That that's I wanted to be the Bohemian writer. Okay. And so um, but what I understand about traditional literature is it seems to shrink the distance between people. I mean, I remember being a young kid and the miniseries by Alex Haley, Roots, came on. And our country was riveted to the television for yep. two weeks because oh, no. we didn't know a lot of our history and we didn't have an understanding of it. So Roots by Alex Haley, I would say, brought people together and, and you could understand the common humanity. And, and so in, verse, in researching the diversity con that I wrote with um, Project Veritas whistleblower David Johnson, just a, an amazing young man, yeah. um, we, we looked at what was the underpinning of the Jim Crow laws. And there was one that just struck me, which was a black man could not play checkers with a white man. And I was thinking, why was it so important to those segregationists right. not to have two guys play checkers with each other? And the reason it was important is because when we just sit across from each other and talk, we discover the things that are common about us. We we don't like to fight. We're you know we're social animals. We want to live in groups. Okay, mm -hmm. and so you know the healthiest people in the world are those who you know have forty to sixty people that they can count on. I mean that's the way human beings have lived for hundreds of thousands of years in relatively small tribes, and. Mm -hmm. You know, we're suffering from an epidemic of loneliness in a in a crowded country because we're forgetting we need people in our lives. We yep. and we need them to be physically near us. So if you got a thousand followers on Instagram, I'm sorry, it's not worth five good friends. No, it's not. And diversity, equity, inclusion. Here's the saddest part: is it's doing the uh, it's doing what you just said about the checkers thing. It is it is segregating people and it is making people angry. And I I, I am talking to more and more people um, that are supposedly being helped by and it's not helping the communities that they are talking about. It is actually creating a whole class of diversity, equity, inclusion millionaires and people that are, are selling this. It's creating jobs that shouldn't exist for things that should, I believed were illegal since 1964. And and what it's also doing is it's 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 separating us so that we don't cooperate and we don't create together. And it's hurting ingenuity. It's hurting creativity. It's hurting the whole concept of teamwork. And, and it's creating a substandard um, working and, and educated uh, populace. So, so where are we now? Is there, is, are you seeing a, a backlash happening? Because I, I, it just seems so sad to me that it's, it's totally putting everything that made America thrive. Uh, it's, I feel like it's hurting it dramatically. Here's what's delightful about what's happening in the news these days. So you, you got the University of Wisconsin taking $800 million away from DEI and giving it to, to teacher salaries. This is a, like a fantastic move. 
You've got these idiot presidents of the Ivy League who are embarrassing themselves. You know, now now we're having this conversation about whether the president of Harvard is a plagiarist. Right. And, well, and, and so, yeah, and, and I'm just I mean, like, you know, no, no matter how this goes, this is like two ways to win and no ways to lose. So it's either a win if she gets fired. It's a win if she stays because it's just so absurd. But yeah. My, my my favorite story of the past year in this has got to be Ibram Kendi trying to put together his own institute. OK, so so let's just think about it. You're Ibram Kendi and and, you know, props to Ibram Kendi. He he's a good writer, you know, and an, an interesting researcher, but he doesn't have solutions. So, you know, we can look at this terrible thing, these terrible things in the past, and we we do. And, and we yeah. say, you know, it, it, we, we need to be together, okay? We need to find our commonalities. But look at what Ibram Kendi has done. Ibram Kendi has put people against each other, and, and you know, that's his jam, okay? Let me make people hate each other for all sorts of reasons that, you know, I don't have because of the accident of my birth, I have no exactly. control over it. Yep. Um, and, and, you know, hey, look, I'm going to try to be a good person. But you create a community of people who have grievances. And then you say, hey, I'm going to form an organization. OK, and we're going to do these great things. Well, you get the worst people to join your organization. So is it any surprise that after a year or two, you're starting to hear all of these legal complaints and everything. You know, Ibram Kendi may be like a fantastic person to work for, but he's got the worst employees you could ever hire. And, and, you know, it's just, it's, it's karma going around. Yeah. And people sign up for that. They sign up to, 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 you know, hand out hate, you know, to perpetuate hate. Some of this stuff that I've had come on the show and come through here, you just can't even believe it. And what's very sad is we just saw a situation. Um, I, I'm hearing from a lot of people, a lot of parents about their kids not getting into colleges that have, you know, 1400 SATs. They have, they were varsity sports. They had, you know, straight A's. I mean, one after another, I've gotten several emails from parents out there saying like, how is this possible that my child's not getting into any of these schools. Then you look and you see that some of these schools are only letting in 11% white males. I mean, this is not good for anything or anywhere. And, and this is why people have to understand. But then, you know, you have a whole eco chamber out there, especially MSNBC and others that say, well, you know what, this is, this is what they deserve. They don't deserve it. And I honestly think that people are at a point that they're seeing the fruits of this DEI and, and uh, post George Floyd um, world. And, and they're saying, you know, it, it's not right, but is there, is there anything in place or any ability for us to reverse this without too much damage? Do you, do you see solutions to, to the damage that has been done? I believe in, in the last three years in terms of um, it's being installed as the norm. Oh, oh, I, I think the long-term outlook is fantastic because w one of the things that, and think about it, young people don't like injustice, especially when it goes against them. So we've got a couple years of students who feel they've been discriminated against. 100%. Now, my, my, yes. my son is is. 23 years old now. And I remember when he was applying to college, it wasn't just what was going on with him, but I live in an area where there are a lot of Indians, a lot of Asians, and there has been right. so much discrimination against the Indian and Asian populations. And they're pissed. Yeah. Okay. You know, they, they, they are so law abiding, so family oriented, but so he, he said so many of my friends, you know, who had perfect GPAs, you know, they were at their, you know, 10th ranked school that they right. thought they should get into. And so, you know, 
what the message needs to be that the meritocracy works. And, and you know, we, we have to say, if you're looking biracial groups, the meritocracy, you know, Asians, Indians, Pakistanis, they're killing it. And so they should be at those top universities at, at the rates that their grades get them to be. And, you know, if, if the white kids need to study a little bit harder, the uh, black kids, the uh, Hispanic kids, so be it. Right. Okay. There's a set of rules. You play by the rules. You get what you deserve. Yeah. Well, the problem now seems to be, and this, this is a, a little bigger problem. Maybe a lot of people don't realize, uh, when I look back on what's happened here, I go back to the weather underground and some of these people like Bill Ayers and, and Bernadine Dornan, you know, a big hero out there is Angela Davis, all these people, mm -hmm. they are running a, a, uh, a counter education program basically, or, or it's not counter, it's in your face in Columbia. But a lot of these teachers colleges, which I've learned, uh, university of Chicago where Ayers is, but you know, Columbia university, um, some of these other schools that then pump out, you know, administrators to schools all over the country. And certainly on the PhD and college level, or these people never leave academia. They are now educating those children that are coming in that don't necessarily, that aren't we're getting in there by meritocracy. So, you know, what we're watching with the president of Harvard has been a multi-year situation that's happened. And so from your estimation, even talking about your own son or I, there are more Asian, I was in New York City when they started being like not letting Asian kids into the best schools openly, um, you know, yeah. and they work so hard. But where we are now is you know, the people that they're pumping out as teachers from these universities, some of them are very much aligned with communism and socialism, and they don't hide it. You have kids coming out of these schools that, again, they're not the meritocracy. They're not the best and brightest, but they were put in there for reasons other than that. And and my question to you is, is that part of why this is happening is to is to create activists rather than than, you know, brilliant people that are going to go out there and and take on the world and create stuff? Uh, you know, it, it's very true. I, I agree with everything that you've said. What I would add to it is going back to my example of the jungle. Right. Okay. So when you teach students, it's the jungle. What I have observed from my teaching is that we've had some of these real activist teachers yeah. come through here. The students hate them. Okay. Yeah. And, and, and so, you know, I I work at a very high performing school. Um uh, you know, the 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 high school that feeds that we feed into, uh, they had 50 merit scholars, oh, wow. uh, national merit scholars uh in the last year. You know, we had 70 in the district, 50 came from, you know our high school that we feed into. And I have seen time and again, these liberal activist teachers. And, and the, the, the funniest thing is they try to ingratiate themselves to the minority communities. Right. And the minority community just understands that they're being pandered to. Good. And you know, look yeah. at me, I'm an older white guy. Okay. Who do they send all the troubled kids to? They send them to me, okay? And, and it's just sort of like, I'm sorry, it's overwhelmingly males who are having problems in education. So do, do young males like sensitive, girly men? No, they don't. They, they want somebody who says, don't be a knucklehead. Right. Look, you're young. Your frontal lobes haven't formed. I'm here to keep you from making really stupid mistakes. And they get it. And so it's kind of funny. Like, look at the way I look like the patriarchy. Okay. They put all the troubled boys with me because for some reason, this guy who grew up in a country club gets along really well with people who came from rough situations. Oh, 
I hope you're enjoying the show. I was just talking on my new Patriot mobile service. I have to tell you, I'm so excited. They are incredible. They are America first. They they align with my values. And you know what? It's unlimited minutes, unlimited text, Wi-Fi calling, unlimited data, high speed, everything that you could use, just like everyone else. We have our time, we have our vote, and we have our money. And the great thing about Patriot Mobile is your service will be exactly the same. Difference with Patriot Mobile is they are an America first company. And what they do is they reinvest their money into causes that matter to me and matter to you and matter to this nation. At Patriot Mobile, those causes are the First Amendment, the Second Amendment, life, liberty, the pursuit of happiness, the Constitution, and our children's future. So please go to themelkshow.com. Patriot Mobile is a partner of ours. Please use the code MELK. What I can tell you too is that they are supporting me and they are supporting creators because they believe in the First Amendment. They believe that censorship is wrong and they are going to put their money where their mouth is. Do what you can for the creators out there that are doing what I'm doing. Please go to Patriot Mobile, MELK Show. All I can say is thank you so much, guys. Supporting my partners supports me, and Patriot Mobile is absolutely awesome. I checked them out. We're switching to Patriot Mobile, and we hope you do too. Thank you so much. Well, because you're not pandering to them through what you were taught at, you know, one of these schools that is teaching teachers to teach activists, not to teach, you know, uh, geniuses and 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 scientists and writers. And because that's that's what they're depriving them of. And I do agree with you uh, on that. I have heard from a couple of parents, uh, especially black parents, that they don't want any of this in their world. They don't want their kids raised like this. They don't believe in any of it. And yet they're, they, you don't hear them that much. So do you think that, because you do a lot also with, with other people, do you think that the perception that this is the norm and this is the future of, of education and that DEI is here to stay and now, you know, it's in the medical schools, it's in the law schools, it's in, do you think that this is not real, that, it, that it, they're trying to convince us that the majority of people want this, but really it's it's not true? I mean, many things are not true, but I find it very hard to believe I can watch all the libs of TikTok that you want, but I find it very hard to believe that there's not more people out there like me and you that look at this and think this is I, I just I can't imagine that the majority of people, especially parents out there, are are supportive of any of this. And if they're not, then it can't survive. I think there are a lot of teachers in the classroom who short circuit that stuff. So, you know. You know, there there is stuff that we want to talk about. I mean, you know, you hear the social emotional learning. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's important for you to learn how to be resilient. Okay. So so stuff happens, you don't get what you think you deserve. Okay. You know, shed your tears and then, you know, get back to work. This right. is the way the world is. You know, let me tell you, you know, the the 15 times I didn't get what I deserved. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, but that's that's a good point there, because, you know, you can't you can't throw out the baby with the bathwater. Some of this stuff is important. Like when I was in school, there was, you know, we didn't talk about any of that, you know, so it was like, yeah. so, you know, the kids that were um, the scary part, I think, really is also that it's coming from above. I've met a lot of teachers on the road. I've been I've spoken all over. I've been to like 30 states. A lot of these teachers feel like they're bullied by the teachers unions and that they're that a lot of this is coming from above them. But I think uh, a couple have said to me what you're saying right now is I take what they're saying to me, but I love teaching. I love I love teaching about things that I I can inspire and enlighten and educate. So I I take some of it and I I throw some of it out the window. So how much how much power like. Is it the teachers unions? Is it the administrators? Is it, you know, where, where do we start to kind of be, be like, this isn't, this isn't working? Well, you know, it, I, I think a lot of it does come through the teachers unions, but you know, the administrators, um, most of the administrators become administrators because actually they were pretty good, good teachers. And, and so, you know, a lot of the administrators that I've um, had the fortune to serve under, you know, we're, we're very good teachers and they're very teacher centric and they, they, they respect, you know, the perspectives and, and, you know, Hey, I, I'm a cog in a machine. So, so I'm, I'm trying to do the best job for my students and everything, but you know, th there's a conversation that happens. I mean, we have had, um, you know, our superintendent seems to be very responsive. I've asked him some questions about things and, you know, 
in in the bureaucratic language that I think I understand, I am sensing that there's an understanding that some of the ways that certain material has been presented seems to be separating people, not bringing people together. And so, you know, at least for where I am, I feel like there's this, yeah, let's talk about some things that have not been talked about, you know, in American history. Like one of the things we talked about was the Tulsa race riots where, right. you know, 60, 60 years after slavery ends, a whole bunch of African-Americans are doing really well and their community is burned to the ground. Yep. I think that's important to talk about. I do too. Um, it's a, I was there. It's important to I actually, I actually got yeah. a, a lesson about it when I was there, and it's it, it is important yeah. to talk about. Yeah, that's good. That's yeah. a good one. Yeah. So, so you know, I I'm all in favor of a thorough discussion of American history, but let's make sure that we're moving in a positive direction. Um, you know, and and let's let's have some principles in place so we don't repeat the the mistakes of the past. Yeah, I think it's kind of what you were saying about Kendi and his whole thesis of anti-racism, which is that's it's not it's still racism. Like the the thing we should be working towards was I I think what a lot of people thought when they when they voted for Obama and and that all came, you know, great. Now we finally have achieved this. Now we can move forward and and as as our goal is supposed to be to form a more perfect union dividing people as we go forward isn't really uh, living up to that standard. Now, you have a very unique background because you also have written two books about the Great Awakening and Great Reset with Alex Jones. Mm -hmm. How does, because I believe that a lot of this is coming from Education International. A lot of it is coming from uh, the globalist movement to make basically a lot of chaos amongst the people of our nation and multiple nations on on planet have us fighting amongst each other. Um, how much does what you what you've experienced in your work with Alex and what you've experienced in your work on on this diversity, equity, inclusion issue coincide? Are are they two separate things, or are they at some level same together? I I, I with my fifteen books, I feel like I'm writing the same book again and again. See, that's so cause... important. That's why you're such a good. That's why you're such a good voice out there. So, so elaborate on that. This is very important. I yeah. So, so one of the things I'm always looking for the money. Okay. How is this thing sustained? Like right. when I wrote my book, Presidential Takedown, about the COVID nineteen task force with the senior pandemic advisor, Dr. Paul Alexander, right. one thing stuck out to me, and that is that the NIH with Francis Collins and Tony Fauci, who really, Tony Fauci really ran NIH, and that's important for people to understand. Right. But every year, the NIH gave out $31 billion in grants, okay? So as a frame of reference, the entire 2020 presidential election for both parties only cost $5 billion. So every year, Collins and Fauci were given out $30 billion. Okay, that buys you a lot of support. Okay, that's 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 the kind of walking around money that Al Capone would have, you know, loved to have had. So with DEI, what was interesting was what quickly came up was who's funding these groups like Black Lives Matter? And we got an answer. And this is, I think, the villain of the piece. The villain of the piece is the Tides Foundation out of San Francisco. Exactly. So just by the numbers. So, so, so the Tides Foundation has a lot of, you know, entities. Um, they, they basically administered Black Lives Matter since its founding and then really took it over in 2020 when all the money started pouring in. But in 2020, and to understand, this is all legal, okay? And I think it's important for people to understand this. So what the Tides Foundation does, it's, it's something that kind of blows people's mind when I tell them about it. So what they do is, let's say you're a rich guy. The Tides Foundation has a lot of funds you can invest in, okay? So you're a rich guy and you go, hey, 
Hey, let me stick $10 million into the Tides Foundation. You put it in a couple of funds for me. You know, let's see what kind of rate of return I get. And then, you know, after a couple of years, you go, hey, you know that $10 million that I gave you? Well, you know, I'm at $12 million. Um, can you send $3 million to Black Lives Matter? And, and, you know, the Tides Foundation doesn't have to do it, but of course they do. And it doesn't come from you. It comes from the Tides Foundation. How much impact does the Tides Foundation have? Well, according to public records, in 2020, they gave out over $600 million (laughs) worth of grants. Okay, and, and, you know, it's been around since the 70s. And and so so, you know, actually 2020, they kind of went into their principal a little bit because they only received five hundred million dollars in donations from like the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, George Soros Open Society, Rockefellers, you know, you know, the, the Johnson Foundation, all the usual suspects. And I'm just like, this is all out there in the open. Yep. And you you know so the Tides Foundation seems to me to be nothing more than a left-wing money laundering chaos machine. I agree. Okay? Yeah. And, and so but but then we went a little bit deeper because these groups like Black Lives Matter and th- this was something that was a bit confusing uh to David and I mm-hmm. which was we said they are openly marxist. Yep. So like Patrice, Patrice Cuellars talks about them being trained Marxists. And I, I found myself going like, why are rich people funding Marxists? Don't they know what real Marxists do to rich people? Exactly. Oh, I'm so glad hey. you're asking that because I always say, well, who do they think is going to be running this utopia? Well, and I, I, I came to the conclusion, now this is my interpretation of it, there's no money in Marxism, but there's a lot of money in monopoly. And if there's one thing rich people like, it's monopolies. So if you can destroy local communities and you can get all of them ordering from Amazon and you know Target and all the online re- retailers, I mean, we saw with COVID, there was a transfer of $4 trillion in wealth from the middle class to the billionaire class. Hey, that's kind of a good gig. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, it's, ev- it's evil, but I understand it. It makes no sense. So I think that conservatives ha- have got to go a little bit deeper. It's not enough just to say, hey, Black Lives Matter. They say they're Marxists, but look at them. They're buying mansions for themselves. Yeah, I know that. You got to go one step deeper and say, okay, who is benefiting from this? You know, the, the old ancient Roman expression, qui bono, who benefits? Well, the billionaire class benefits when they destroy the free market because right. they get rid of the competition. The billionaire class doesn't like the free market. Okay. Conservatives have to get that through their heads. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because we'll sound a little bit like leftists when we say it. But yeah. you know, we're but we we have to understand there's a way that they're brainwashing us. There's a way that they're making us pick fights with each other. Yep. And we have to be smart enough to avoid the trap. Yeah, and I want people to understand, I've done full shows on Tides and Arabella Partners and, and some of these other groups, Weiss Foundation, a lot of them, they pick their, they pick their places, but uh, a lot of them are funded by other foundations. And those other, you brought up a couple of them, but there's a lot of them, like the Carnegie is always involved, the yeah. Democracy Fund, all these things that sound great, the Ford Foundation, the Hopewell, these are all the same, of, of always open society. But people have to understand, there's hundreds Hundreds of NGOs and, and foundations, and I call them philanthropists, <laughs> yeah. and, and they come in. And what I've been saying to a lot of people over, over time is what you just said, which is for whatever reason, the billionaire class, the billionaire globalist oligarchy is what I call them, uh, of the left, 
They're not even on the left. They're really post-America as far as I can see. But yeah. they benefit from donating money to these destructive groups that then go out there and do the dirty work. Many of them useful idiots. I do not think that a lot of people yeah. that work for the human rights campaign understand that they are being used. You know, I, right. I don't know. Uh, but to me, what I do say is, and I, I think the whole left and right Republican Democrat paradigm is destroyed to the core. We are dealing with Americans that want American citizenship and a future that we we all can agree is is what was intended and and we can be proud of. Or if we want to be global citizens, I believe these people believe that we should be global citizens because, like you're talking about the monopoly that all these people benefit from, it is these this globalist billionaire oligarchy that are funding all of this stuff, and then it goes through tides or somewhere. And even if it is small people giving money, once it goes to tides, it is opaque. You do, uh, you pretty much mm -hmm. don't see this. So a lot of people don't know that these are the partners of the World Economic Forum, and these are the partners that are are consolidating everything so that there's you know five companies and five banks and five this, and it's been a long term plan. But the billionaire class on the right doesn't seem to understand the, the full threat to them. And and these are brilliant people on both sides, and many yeah. of them are involved. But if you try to raise money like they do with like the Machine Tides or Arabella or New Venture Fund or any of them, that doesn't work on the right. And it seems that the billionaire yeah. class on the right doesn't benefit from the controlled demolition of America. So they don't really put their money there. I, I It's very straight. It's very hard to raise money on the right as compared to these guys that throw in hundreds of billions of dollars on the left to, to take down America. Why do you think that is? I just kind of like what you said. I mean, you become rich because you understand that your investment will lead to a good return. It's not really a great return um, to you individually. I, and one of the things that I say is, I, I think that the division that we have, that we talk about, yeah. of the billionaires and the common people is missing an imp important group. There's an important group that I refer to as the nobles. Okay. So, so if we think about it, maybe we're not going to get the billionaires aside from Elon Musk. Okay. But there are a lot of people, 20, 30, $80 million. Yep. Who, who, who got their money because they came up with a better idea. Yeah. They're really invested in the free market. They love the free market. I mean, you know, I grew up in a country club, which was first generation wealth. So it's like, I know those people. Okay. Yeah. They're brilliant. You know, the brilliant California of the 1970s and 80s, where you know you have the innovative thinkers, and I, I like to think that I'm following in their footsteps with my writing. Yeah. But this this group of nobles, the people who have more than they need, yeah. can step in. They can give fifty to a hundred thousand. You know. I, I recently joined, I hope this is okay for me to say, I recently joined the board of the Free Now Foundation. Okay. So I'm on the board of directors there. We are fighting the California tyranny, you know, for medical, against medical freedom, against, you know, parents being able to know what their children are right. saying to their teachers and everything. Yeah, I and know so, one of the lawyers involved that, that we should all be joining things like that, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, 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 you know, I'm not I'm not much of a joiner, but the Free Now Foundation, you know, we're, we're going around and we're raising money. And, and you know, you can go to freenowfoundation.org and and see about it. But it, it's kind of like, you know, maybe we don't need the billionaires. Maybe we need 10 to 20 nobles, you know, who are throwing in four hundred five hundred thousand dollars here yeah um because when you got the truth on your side the truth is a force multiplier yeah so i think it's worth looking at though why the people that are very very wealthy on the right don't see the urgency of supporting these things i've watched this for now six years of having people on and watching people put to have good efforts to reverse some of this stuff. And it's 
so hard to raise money on the right and on the left it seems you know the opposite um and again what what you what you're talking about and what i want people to look up and understand i use influence watch a lot but you can use whatever you want you'll realize oh, yeah. that it's a very small group of globalist to me these people that that we're talking about on the left they they're more concerned i believe with the global economy than they are with america and and so that's yeah. that's another thing that's going on here but at the same time and i and i agree with you 100% about about the nobles but again those people unless they read your work and are going and seeking out information don't seem to understand the stakes we are facing as a nation right now on a on a scale either you might you know you're out there so you might see it growing more and i certainly see people waking up whether it's the border or it's what's going on overseas or it's the you know the education system or something everything everyone seems to be waking up to some extent that something's very wrong and that includes a lot of those small business owners and and people that you know are in the 50 to 100 million dollar range uh i just i just hope that some of those people realize that that if we if we the stakes for america and i'm going to ask you what the stakes for america going into 2024 are in your mind are, are what i believe they are those people better start getting active in in you know doing whatever they can like joining the board that you're on some finding something that they can believe in that they can make a difference because i believe we're at a giant precipice in this country and everyone kind of needs to get involved so what what do you think that the stakes are right now in america going forward this year the stakes are everything, uh, you know, it, it, and it really is that. And I, I don't think that there will be. It, it's not quite an authoritarian takeover where we're going to be in jail or something, but it is a significant clampdown on freedom. Uh, they will put some people in jail, yeah. um, and it, it really is everything. Um, and so. We have to win. We have to be strong. And, you know, one of my favorite books is Stephen King's The Stand. And basically five people have to stand up to evil. And and when you when you approach evil with courage, saying, I know I'm putting my life on the line. And, you know, this is something, you know, I I, I came to peace with a couple of years ago, which people will tell me, you know, Kent, do you worry that you're putting your life on the line? Yeah. And I said, yeah, but I, I, I believe I have an eternal soul. Yeah. So, hey, I'm here for a couple of years. And will I try to extend my life at the loss of my soul? No, I'm going to do what God tells me, you know, what, what my conscience and my understanding of what God wants me to do. I'm going to do that. And if I get taken out, well, too bad. But maybe that was what was supposed to happen. And so we need to march forward with courage, with love, with compassion for our fellow human beings. But like in the stand, evil starts to disintegrate in the presence of good. Yeah. And so I think we just need to, to keep you know, showing the very best of humanity um, to these terrible people who are under the influence of something that I think can only be described as evil, whether you are religious yeah. or not, you feel something is different from good. Yeah. Now, in your Journeys in Diversity, Equity, Inclusion um, book, both books are well worth everyone's time. But in that one, I think that, that you you went after following the money, which always is enlightening. And then when you follow the money, you realize it's not really, you know, it's it's a much bigger, it's not, it's it's a it's a bigger plan. But at the same time, that same money is is involved, that same people, the same money, the same foundations, that all of that is involved in so much. And I feel like if the American people outside of our sphere that we live in, uh, and we work in and we speak out in and we're courageous enough to know that if uh, if these people that are running this uh, operation uh, can can actually have as much authoritarianism as they can, my voice will be silenced for sure. You can continue to write books, but they're not going to like it. They don't like it already. 
Uh, we, we've yeah. watched what's happened to Alex, especially recently, Rudy Giuliani. I mean, these crazy the verdicts and, yeah. and not being able to defend yourself. That's coming for everyone. And and uh, there is no side to that, in my opinion. But um, where do you see the most um, effective ways that people are through your journey? Because you've you've looked at a lot of things going on. In what ways have people been fighting not fighting physically again we have to always say that because of the uh, but where where are people just everyday people out there making the biggest difference do you think in in reversing some of this um you know just evil and also very destructive for our, our country and our children like what 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 is winning in some sense mocking the stupidity of it all <laughs> it, exactly. it, it, you know it, it, and and you know Maybe that's just like dad energy. Yeah. You know, it's just, so let's not sound hysterical. Let's just, let's just mock the hell out of the stupidity. I mean, you know, one of the things that we cover is, is the transgender, um, you know, agenda. Yeah. And, And, you know, I don't know much about sex change operate. Didn't know much about sex yeah. change operations before I did this, but and I was thinking like, oh well, you switch, and it's like, no. Do you understand how terrible it is to do to the body what they're doing? It really is a mutilation. I mean, you know. So you know, if you're a man and you have your genitalia cut off, they have to cut you down there and your body keeps trying to heal it right and oh. you go through a lifetime of pain you know and, and so i just find myself going this is just terrible you know th- so you know before i had like really done a deep dive into it i i kind of felt like eh, you know you want to change you feel it's going to make you happier okay you know and when i looked at it i'm like this is another con they're telling these unhappy people to do this surgery which will cause them a lifetime of pain yep and suffering that is under the guise of helping them under the guise of we're saving their lives somehow and again yeah Ken, it, it's the same money that's pushing that because I did a deep dive into the funding of the, these campaigns. Tides is in there big time. The Pritzkers yeah. are in there. There's a, there's also um, there's Stryker. There's a bunch of foundations. Also the Bill and Gates, Melinda Gates Foundation that are pushing this oh, yeah. again. And it's like people have to start. I, I feel like if people honestly knew just everyday normal people uh, and, and normal has a has a big range, but. People that just care, want the government to do their job, want to live their lives, want to find their purpose and their potential, want their children to have better lives than they have, want to be healthy and thrive as long as they're on planet Earth. Uh, That's what I would like to think the majority of people are. I think if people fully understood how small this group of people is uh, in, in the scheme of things, that people would have righteous indignation that these people with this with this money and these foundations are actually causing so much damage to our country and our children and that there's not that many of them and that they don't have the authority or the right they're circumventing in every way they can through what you're talking about these these funnels for for funding this stuff i feel like if people really understood it it would be like you know being bullied in high school once you realize the bully is is, is you know you can turn on the bully and the bully backs down that some of that would happen yeah it's kind of like why i think we need a little bit more dad energy in the system you know they're kind of like really okay let let me lay it out for you yeah you know um you know on, on these surgeries what if they just what if our campaign was you know it's really easy to be a dick it's really hard to make one Exactly. You, you know, I, hey, and re- reverse it the other way, okay? You yeah. know, it's non it's a non-binary joke, but God designs our body parts. God did a pretty good job. Yep. Granted, there's a couple things that are funky um in human anatomy, but we can't improve on that. Okay? And so if you're thinking 
And, and you know, the other thing that came came about because you know my um, my co-author in the Diversity Con yeah. is a young black gay center left man. Yeah. And so one of the things that gets him is that there is a very strong component in gay youth that for a time they will feel like they were the wrong sex because they they they're dealing with the fact yeah, that they're attracted sure. to men and so so they think oh maybe i'm not a man because i am attracted to a man maybe i'm born in the wrong body and so and it's very prevalent you know as i understand it in the gay community and so there are a lot of people who are adult gays who are going the trans agenda is an attack on the gay community. Exactly. I've, I've had people on that talk about it, people that fought for gay rights that come on yeah. and they're like, this has nothing to do because for them, it was about accepting who they are, who they were born right. as and being proud and standing up and, and fighting for yeah. just being who they are. But this is also, again, this goes back to the same thing you're talking about in the book in general, which people really need to understand is there's money funding to tell children that who they are, who they were born as, is they can change. Rather than when we were kids, you were, we're probably around the same age. When we were kids, it was like yeah. it was building up your your belief in yourself, your self confidence, your pride of who you were, who you are individually, uniquely born by God. And and that's yeah. a big part of this is, and I think that that's also for this Marxist communist kind of having cogs in the wheel, order followers, people that that they're damaged so to the core in their identity of themselves that they do you find that too is part of this? Yeah, you know there there will always be weak people in society who are easily led astray. And so that's kind of why I think it's incumbent upon us, even at some risk to ourselves, to to stand up and say, you know, like, hey, if I did the research and I found out that people who wanted to transition, transitioned, they could have a normal life, they didn't have pain, they were happier than when they started this, I'd go fine okay right. you know you you be you but when i when i do the research and i find out that they're looking at a lifetime of pain and suffering yeah. and they're not happier at the end i just got to stand up and say guys look i'm on your side okay so it if yeah. all of this worked out i'd be i'd be right saying fantastic yeah and the way that they position it is that then if we we are saying, you know, let's let why not take the person as they are and make them confident and, and love themselves and powerful and find their way as they are, not changing yeah. them to something else. But that's like been taken out of the equation. But like you're saying, not everywhere. And, and this is my last thing I'm going to ask you because I kept you for a while. But obviously, we're going to have you back a lot because you know a lot about it's really amazing what you do. I just want to say to the audience, because you go in and you you take on projects that all seem not connected. But at the end of the day, because you're the one collecting all the information, you really do see the big picture more than most people because you've gone from the medical uh, freedom and all everything that happened with COVID to the great awakening, great reset to the diversity, equity, inclusion. So your books are very informed. Plus you're an actual teacher dealing with kids. So my thing is, so I had on somebody who's exposing a lot of these socialists. There's, there's a big, so and it's, I'm not talking about the democratic socialists of America, which I've done shows on. I'm talking about hardcore socialists that have events with the, um, a friend of mine infiltrated the library association of America's big event where the speakers were Bill Ayers and the, and the queer library head of schools. And then, uh, you know, everyone there idolized Angela Davis. There's a whole publishing world of socialism going on where they hate capitalism. They hate, they think children are property of the state, all kinds of stuff. And, what she what she was saying on my show was kind of like they enjoy when when libs of TikTok put up videos like the, these 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 particular people that are really really in my opinion out to really destroy America and and really like end capitalism go go straight Marxist communist 
communist manifesto isn't enough for these this group of people. And they and what's scary is she when she went to the event and and the person got on stage, they asked how many people in the room. There was eight hundred people, I guess, uh, were uh, social were um, teachers, and like eighty nine percent of the hands went up. So this is yeah. this is something that's coming out of that. But what she said to me was that on our side, at least, you know, on whatever side is is the side that I believe is America, um, that we should be putting up better content and we should be we should be showing examples of what what we stand for and what we believe. And that every time that we're putting up like another video of another crazy trans teacher talking about getting past the parents that it's like these people thrive off of this. They like the attention of of us being outraged by their behavior. And so I've been saying, well, we should be doing more things that that show the good side of what we believe. So is there is there a a because I think there should be a, a movement of people putting out great work that is is goes with our values and stuff. And I I don't I don't see enough of that. So what do you think of that? Of the put it people are always putting out these things and there's so much outrage when when they're uh you know one of these people goes viral that is is you know you think oh my God I don't want them teaching my child and maybe that's good and it but what 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 it doesn't really serve a purpose. It's not solving anything. It's kind of just making people outraged. Yeah you know so one of the things that I kind of say is is to some extent, I think the public needs to be better. Um, you know, they, they are trying to outrage you. I, I mean, it's kind yeah. of, you know, I, I, I've kind of watched Fox News, uh, stop watching Fox News because every time there's a story about a teacher, it's because the teacher is sleeping with one of the students or, or you know, has these huge exactly. breasts and is a man. And, right. and I'm just like, okay, I'm, I'm a teacher. I, I work in education. Yeah, a little bit of that is fine. Can you show me some good teachers? Exactly. Can you show me some people who are, who are saying, "Hey, look, we got a challenging racial mix here. How are how right. are we getting everybody to work together? You know, what what do we what do we do? You know, and you know, the teachers that I know, you know, a lot, yeah. a lot of them would probably identify as more liberal. They're fantastic teachers. They right. care. They're compassionate for the kids. They're not sleeping with them. Okay. You know? Yeah. But also what you said before about like, you get a lot of the troubled kids because you're a man's man that will talk to them like a father figure they might not have and with authority and that they're going to respect your authority. There's probably millions of teachers like you out there. And we could be showing the solutions to that. Or we're seeing either like teachers getting beat up or yelled at, or we're seeing, you know, kids that are, you know, these teachers that are pushing all these agendas. I mean, maybe if we just started showing a lot of like, because I keep saying, okay, great. Well, there's drag queen story hour. Why aren't we having like posing events that are promoting positive things for kids and then doing a show on that? I mean, I don't yeah, know yeah. if that'll let, work, let, but let, I feel like, like people are dying for for what you're saying. Solutions. Well, it, it's like my like my talking about roots changed America. That was right. great literature. It showed the common humanity uh, of a group of people undergoing horrific treatment, and yet trying to be good to each other through it and to rise above it. And so. I th I think more conservatives need to go into education, need to go into the arts because okay. because literature is supposed to, you know, ennoble us. We, we're supposed to find out how to live, okay? Right. Yeah. In a world that's very challenging. And so I I find that the arts have been taken over um by this real kind of evil destructive force yeah um to some to some extent education um but it's like my story of the forest the forest decides yeah you know and the model's you failing have, you know the the model is failing and every day there's more and more stories that just you know you have to take a certain distance to find it funny that you know we've got a president of harvard who is being accused of plagiarism for God's sakes. How the hell did she get to be president of Harvard and nobody looked at her academic work? 
Right. Well, that's that's also in your original book that I had you on a long time ago. And Dr. Alexander, it's like you're looking through it and you're thinking, how did this person get that job? And and then yeah. you start that's like diversity, equity, inclusion. And I'm glad that you're saying that because I spent 20 years in uh, as a writer in Hollywood. And I'll tell you, uh, I, uh, I look at it now and I keep saying to people, stop complaining about what they're making and start writing scripts, start making movies, stop thinking that you need to get the pass from Hollywood. You don't. You need to you yeah. need to find people, you know, you don't need a hundred million dollars to make a good movie. You really don't. You can just yeah. you can figure it out yourself. And and a lot of people are doing that now. And I say that with go write plays, go write books, go, counter yeah. them because we can put out yeah. better content. We have we we want to tell stories of heroes and of survivors and of people. And that's that's there's they're not coming well, out. And I believe it, the masses want that I, too. Go ahead. I'm coming, I'm coming from nowhere. And, and so in 10 years, I've been able to put a couple books at the yeah. top of the charts for virology. Yeah. Right. Now, Alex's book that is at number one for political commentary and opinion, yep. beating Jonathan Carl. You know? <laughs> Imagine that. Yeah. Yeah, of ABC. And I'm a nobody, okay? I come from nothing. It can yeah. be done. Yeah. And everyone's got to do it. I keep saying, if you are a writer, you are an author, if you want it to be that, if you want it to be a filmmaker, you want it to put on theater plays, whatever, there's plenty of room right now. There's a lot of need yeah. for this kind of content. People love it. Look at your book is one after another too. People want the truth. They want to feel good. They want to cheer for real heroes and they're sick of it. And, and what we have to do is we have to be the ones to fill, like fill in that, that void. And I, I think you're doing a great job at it in so many ways. And and it's amazing that you also still teach and you, you have so much information. I would love to be in your class. If I, if I could go back, mm -hmm. if we could do back to the future, you must be a fascinating, <laughs> amazing teacher. And there's many of them out there. I want people to understand that it's not the majority of teachers that are doing this. It really isn't. Well, well and, and I, I still have my open offer to Tony Fauci to come back to my middle school and learn the scientific method because he obviously didn't learn it when he was there. And, you know, he shouldn't worry because the kids are about the same size as he is. I know. Well, maybe someday uh, you'll, you'll get to go you know, do that in a, in a, behind, behind, behind walls somewhere. Uh, we can only hope, but uh, thank you so much, Kent. You're amazing. Tell everyone where they can find your books. I highly recommend if you do, uh, if you are dealing with any of this diversity, equity, inclusion, uh, this current book, the DEI con is, is mind opening, uh, and, and perspective changing, but everyone out there has to have the information so that they can articulate it to everyone else because this information is really important and we can break through the walls if we are educated and un have knowledge as to what is really going on. And he breaks it down beautifully uh, in that book. You, and you, I know so many people are fighting this on all fronts and it's important to get the facts. You can find my stuff at kenheckenlivelybooks.com, at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or you can follow me on Twitter. I am on Twitter. I am not banned. Well, not great. I never got back my channel, but I'm we're driving away, it's starting a new one, and we can all uh, talk there. But thank you so much. I think you're such a fascinating guy. And you've been, you know, God has kind of led you on a journey that you get to look behind a lot of different curtains. And I, I think you're, you're incredible. Thank you so much. Thanks so much, Mel. I don't know about you, but I feel a lot better being prepared for whatever's coming. Every day I hear something new. You, something's coming from the CDC. Something's coming from the FDA. The who's trying to take over our <laughs> healthcare system. All this craziness. And what I know is that one man really changed my life, how I look at everything that's happening to me health-wise. And that was Dr. Zelenko. He was a good friend of mine, a good friend of the show. And he came up with the most amazing product. Z-Stack has been a game changer for us. We have not been sick since we've been on it. We take it regularly. If we feel like we're coming down with something, we'll double up. But he has all new products over at the website. God rest his soul. He did not leave us unprepared. And that is very important for you to prepare. So he's got Z-Shield. He's got a kid Z-Stack, which is awesome. He's got Z-Flu, Z-Detox. He's got all kinds of things. He always said to me, your, your immune system must be clean, resilient, and resistant. This matters the most. And what I can say on top of that is that he supported me. He supported free speech. He supported medical freedom. He supported personal liberty and everything that I believe in, he believed in. He inspired me to be myself, to speak up, to speak out. And what matters is that you are feeling healthy, whole, clean, clear, focused, and that your immune system is protected from anything that comes our way. And Z-Stack is the best way to do that. Please stock up on Z-Stack. Go to themelkshow.com. 
go to our partners page, goes down to Z-Stack. That also supports the show. When you buy from our partners, these great people, especially Dr. Zelenko, who's dear to me, you are supporting the show and keeping us going. And I know that truth, freedom, and the First Amendment matter to you. They mattered to him. They mattered to me. So make sure you're always healthy. You're always out there. You're always standing up. Be brave. Courage is contagious. The narrative is falling apart, but as it does, there's so much of this fraudulent disinformation, misinformation, censorship coming from the globalists. And what we need to do is be focused on the facts, cut through everything, be discerning, and get it first and foremost out there to everyone. It is important that you know what is going on. Censorship is getting nuts. You guys know it. There's accounts all over the place that are fake, that are not me. I know you guys send me emails and I really appreciate it. And you report it and it's on Telegram and Instagram and Twitter and they're not me. So I'm super excited to announce We The People with Mel Kay. Be the first to join. It's a VIP community, just you and me behind a paywall, no trolls, no nothing. We get to know each other. I will give you the facts first. I break a lot of stories a long time before other people. We can talk about past, present, future, history, what we're doing now, solutions for going forward, what 2024 is gonna look like. I'm gonna do breaking news, do a lot of deep dives. I'm gonna bring that information to you guys first in a live Q&A every week. So please click the link below and join me over there. We are going to create a community, a community that is censorship proof, it's cancel proof, it's truth, it's transparency, it's on the road to God, country, justice, everything that we want in one place. This is the most incredible, amazing time to be alive. As hard as it seems and as difficult as the battle has been for you guys and definitely for me, all I know is that we all are part of the solution. We are all involved and invested and you guys have the passion that I have. So let's join together on live Q and A's once a week with me, Mel Kay, we the people of the United States taking back this nation. This is so exciting, guys. I've been dying to do this and we finally got the technology right. So please join me. Click the link below. Can't wait to get started.